Hey, welcome everybody to their philosophy group. Uh, we are going through D.D. Palmer's 1910. We're on page 41, biology. And uh, just a few little, you know, bits of, we have new people on today. Hey there, Brian. And uh, be concise with, this is a discussion. We all want to discuss things. And, you know, having commentary helps us each know it a little bit better. There's no right and wrong answers. Um, but be concise. And then also be considerate of other people. I'm muting everybody out because um, when you're ready to speak, just, you know, unmute yourself and then remute yourself again so we have less background noise, okay? Um, the, uh, we have made a, a commitment, really. We went through uh, B.J. Palmer's Volume 33, and uh, now we're doing D.D. Uh, D. Palmer's 1910. And uh, once we, we're done with this one, I think we'll go to, uh, excuse me, we're doing 1914, the chiropractor. And uh, once we're done with this, I've outlined 1910 as well, the chiropractor's adjuster. And uh, we'll go through some of those outlines, not reading everything, but we'll go through the, the specifics, okay? Does anybody have anything before we start? Alan, go ahead. Um, I, I want to take a minute and acknowledge um, a, a friend of mine who passed yesterday, who is an unsung hero in chiropractic. Tom Clapp passed yesterday, and um, he practiced for 40 years in Michigan. He did so many things. He was a chairman of COXA for a period. He was on the board of the ICA and of Life and uh, Michigan Association. Um, his wife teaches CAs how to, how to, they had a huge practice and his wife became a coach for CAs. And Tom was just an amazing human being who had an infectious smile and laugh. And he, he saw people, he saw things in people that they didn't see in themselves. He, he looked at me one day at a seminar that we were at together and said, you know, you're a leader in, and people listen to you. You need to step up and do more. And because of that, I became secretary of the assembly for the representative assembly for the ICA for 10 years. And he was just a remarkable individual. And most people don't know who he is or who he was. And he deserves to be acknowledged in chiropractic. And I just wanted to share a minute with you all um, for Tom. His wife has set up a, a, a scholarship funded life in his memory. Thank you. Thank for you that. for allowing me to do that. Yes, you're very welcome. And he's in our prayers. I sent his wife a message earlier today. And uh, okay, um, well, we're going to start. We're on page 41. We're starting at the very top. The first three words, what is life from D.D. Palmer? Okay, this is the section marked as biology. And I'm going to start reading. What is life? It is that quality which distinguishes a living animal or plant from an inorganic body, from one which does not live, whose movements are not determined by an intelligence. Life consists of actions guided by intelligence. Life may consist of too much elastic force, too great or a lack of resisting vigor. Such a condition is known as disease. Animals and plants have an existence because they live. They exist as living beings on account of their bodies being composed of organs controlled by an intelligence. An organ is, an, is any part of an organism 
An organism is, is an organized being. An organized being is one which, compo which is composed of organs. An organ is that which has a particular function to perform. Excuse me. The sensory or sense organs receive impressions from objecti objective realities through the sensory sense organs, transform them into sensations, conscious sense perception. Eyes are organs of sight, ears of hearing. The olfactory organs uh, has the sense of smell. The nerve of nerves of taste are distributed to the palate, epiglottis, larynx, and the tongue. To these may be added the senses of pressure, temperature, pain, hunger, and thirst. Okay. Uh, Brian, do you mind if I make you also the... Uh, Help me out with this if someone comes on because I miss them. Let me see. Where is Sir on here? Here you go. Okay. So we're talking about what is life, what makes life. And he says, you know, life consists of actions guided by intelligence. Somebody the other day was saying that. Uh, Stevenson didn't get the 33 principles. Nothing came from D.D. He came up with that himself. Meanwhile, it's pretty much he just paraphrased D.D. Palmer, which I think is very powerful. Anybody have any input so far? We can continue to go. I'm going to start at this next one, okay? Biology is the broadest sense, include, in its broadest sense, conclude, includes embryology, development of the embryo in an animal, zoology, the farm, Nature and Habits of Animals, Botany, deals with plant life, Physiology, relates to function of living bodies, Animals or Plants, Anatomy, all right, we got Elizabeth Russell, Anatomy, the dissection of organized bodies, whether human, brute animal, or vegetable, Cytology, the science of cell life. In common language, it includes the principles and the facts of the origin development, structure, and function, and distribution of plants and animals. Now, life exists because of, the because of the exercise of organs. Physiologists study function, the action of organs. Physiology deals with the processes, activities, and phenomena identical to life. Incidental. What is it? Incidental. My oh, thank you very much. Incidental to life. Uh, okay, the characteristic action which uh, uh, constitute life, those qualities which determine a living organism from one which does not live, those actions which depend upon an intelligence. Life consists of action of the living organism. They may be of health, those des desired to make us happy, give us ease, or they may be those known as disease those which cause sensation and action not desired. Okay, anybody have any input so far on what Didi is talking about? Mm. Or how it's maybe insightful for serving your people in the office or chiropractic itself? I'm gonna keep going then, okay? Because, you know, Didi, he's really giving us lessons of function. I know this is sort of just regular stuff, but I'm going to keep going. The body is incapable of creating new forces. 
That's why I stopped right before this one. Now think of that. Why would he say the body is not capable of creating new forces? Forces is that force is that which originates or arrests motion. Vital force is the energy which gives life or action to an organism. The vital force which designates uh, distinguishes living matter from the dead. Organic force is the inherent vigor latent in an organ. Nerve force is the power or the ability to conduct impulses. Uh, reserve force is the energy which is stored in an organ or organism that is not required for normal function. Intelligent actions are the expressions of, some, of the sum total of life. This intelligence is able to uh, accumulate and store energy derived from without. Certain fixed and definite conditions release this energy. Now he talks a lot about energy. There's very, BJ doesn't talk about energy. And it, he does make a distinction. He makes it multiple times in 1910 that vital forces are much more important than mental impulses. And he used vital force here, you know, quite often. Anybody have any inputs or any want clarity from what we've done so far? So I'm going to continue on to this one where he gets to tone. And Dee Dee didn't talk a lot about tone until 1910. And uh, this is where he's talking about condition for the organism, right? The condition of an organ suitable for health is known as tone. Tone consists of normal tension, normal firmness, normal renancy. When nerve ha nerves have the proper tension, the, su the suitable solidity and the, the required resisting force, health is the result. He didn't say subluxation at all there. What did you guys get from that last little paragraph that I just read? Any input from there? Where is that word? The top of page 42. So what is tone? What do you guys feel? What, what did you get from tone from this? So he's talking about the firmness, the function, the renancy, the nerve have, has the proper tension, the suitable solidity, the required resistance force. Health is the result. So, you know, when we talk about bringing the body back to health, it's, that's when the subluxation is clear and the body brings the system innate or spirit back to its normal tone. Physiology. Okay. Alex is back. Go for Anybody it, George. Else? You want to say something? Go, Go ahead, ahead, George. Yeah, I wanted to say something about tone. It's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I talk in the office a lot about the, the triangle of light. And so the tone is really the, the, the dance of energy and matter. And, and it could be color. It could be muscle tone. It could be tone of voice, a musical tone. It's basically the universe is made out of, well, it looks like it's made of matter. And there's energy acting upon the matter with some sort of intelligence. So we can think of it as frequency. 
and so when when the individualized portion of the all that is the the innate intelligence or the innate matter is vibrating at its normal uh resonant frequency it's at its its proper tone does that make sense does to me anybody want any clarity or have any questions for george or have any statements hey there christian good to see you hey there i have something to share with you guys okay think about tone when you're watching a pond the water is in balance and when you throw a rock in the water you're gonna create a tone a much higher tone because the water is gonna spread when the rock hits hits the water so that's my way of of understanding the tone in the body so there there is a balance in our function and when something interrupts us i think that's the word an interference in our in our energy in our nervous system things things in our body are not gonna are not gonna function the same as they do as if we were in balance that's great insight it's a great analogy because what effectively you're saying the stone that goes in the pond is an is energy entering the pond it's the analogy to energy and and creates the effect that's a great analogy thank you anybody else have any input or something to say as opposed to bob. the rock garden hose. hey there hey bob oh and by the way that was a really nice eulogy to tom thank you i think who was that alan that said that mm -hmm. anyhow um thank you for sharing that tone tone from uh from uh, self center, we 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 talked about tone a lot, and and what was brought out often was, you take a uh, anybody who plays a stringed instrument, take a guitar for example, and and pluck the G string and place it next to another guitar, and that other guitar's G string will start vibrating because of that symmetry, that tone, and so it was like getting tuned up, getting toned up, in our spine to to tune up our nerve system is was a parallel was made in those days with our meetings and i'm just sharing that with you now um <clears throat> with us being tuned up with the universe so that we're vibrating at that same frequency anybody have any questions for bob or any comments or any insights for yourself you know, for me, you know, that vibration exactly, that's the analogy, you know, combining those two, where the ripple effect from that pond goes all the way to the edge. Even if you can't see it, it goes to the end of the pond till it reach an, reaches another force or another something to oppose it. Say that's another person. So our tone, our love, our vibration, all those things go far-reaching that we have no perception of how far-reaching. Same with the, the tone that uh, uh, Robert Crystal was just talking about with the guitar. Each person, when we're vibrating at a higher level, or even if we're in a low level that day, if we're at a low tone, that is what we're projecting to the world. And each time we're tuning the instrument of each person, they're vibrating at a higher level. And I feel at a spiritual level all through 
the cosmos and this vibration and, you know, the ones that we are, you know, unperceivable. I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Christian, Tom, and Alan. That's very good. Anybody else have any insights? Or any thoughts on tone? Where have you thought about tone, you know, in chiropractic through your years of chiropractic? What else could it mean? I think that tone in our practice is the way of our innate intelligence. It's how it's going to communicate to the other person. Uh, I mean, if you have the, the, the right intention to, to help that person, you are vibrating at that level, the, the specific correction of a subluxation is going to happen. Yep. And we talk about it's like, Go ahead. It's like trusting yourself in, in having pure confidence in, in, in chiropractic. Excellent. And when we're, you know, each time we step up at that table and we're serving that person, matching that tone and vibration, it's not really, and, you know, we talk about matching our tone in their flesh of their vibration with our hands and our touch but even matching the tone you know sometimes we have a very high energy office at times and then you know there are times people come in that are at a, at a, at a different vibration they're much more mellow and changing ourselves taking a moment to breathe and maybe come down an octave and bringing ourselves into their field so we are communicating not only verbally but we're communicating with our own vibration and being clearer in that vibration. That's great, Christian. Thank you. Anybody else or Christian, you have any more? I think the tone, the tone has to do a lot with our feelings. I mean, if you guys are feeling sad right now and I come up with a high tone of energy saying, Hey, come on, let's go read some green books. And, and I bring that happiness in and, and start cheering you guys up. That's my level of tone vibrating right there for you. Yep, absolutely. And sometimes when you go and, hey, this is so exciting, and where that other person's like, ah, maybe I'm not matching that, you don't always win that way. But uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, Junior, I saw you had your hand up over there. Yeah, something that... Um that I've been thinking about lately is actually what you mentioned about matching tone. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if through the adjustment, when I um, provide that impulse, that adjusted force, and let's say I rattle someone's spine or I, I'm not as specific with that adjustment in that moment, did I not match their tone appropriately? And then I'm wondering just like for myself needing to scale back the force or scale back in order to match their tone appropriately. And would tone be a component there or is this something completely different? Would anybody have any insights for junior? Because that's a really important question. I like it. I see Dr. Wade Port down there. You just unmuted. Do you have any input for us? What's up, everybody? Hey, Junior. I, I think part of the equation of what you're bringing here is rapport. 
And so just making the distinction between creating rapport with your tone and what I believe his name is Christian uh, keeps bringing with, with your essence, with your energy, with your emotions and matching tone. You know, one thing that we uh, hear all the time is, hey, meet them where they're at. And, you know, I say, don't meet them where they're at. Meet them just beyond, right? If they're here, and this is a crude way of judgment of actually thinking you know where they're at, um, but then bringing a level of consciousness, bringing uh, thoughts and ideas that are so foreign to their paradigm way up here, well, that's not creating rapport, that's not matching tone, uh, etc. But meet them just beyond, and as they grow into that, then then move just beyond that, and 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 let them grow into that. As far as ushering them into a, a new paradigm and a new consciousness, and you know, just in simplistic terms, Junior, uh, something that's just simple and brilliant is you can always add more. You can never take it away. And so, what's going to happen and is happening with you certainly is seasoning yourself to the different tonal aspects, the different rapport aspects that you're connecting with, and you're going to get the recipe perfect nearly every single time. And that does come with time and experience. Anybody have any input for Wayne, Wade or any uh, questions for anyone or any of their own insights? Would like to say anything? So Tone, go ahead, Kev. Did you just raise your hand? Yeah, I was just going to refer back to uh, what BJ Palmer uh, uh, designated to be tone, it, which is a sign of life. So I, I feel like just to go off of Junior's comment, um, when you when you when you show life you, and you try to match their, well, how, how do I say this? Uh, so tone is a manifestation of life, right? So the, depending on the tonicity tonicity of the muscles or their body. That's how they're manifesting life, right? So if you are trying to match their tone, you just got to get either down to their level or up to their level. I don't know. I, I feel like I was going with somewhere with that thought, but it, it'll come back to me. Sorry about that. Hey, that's good. They're, they're, you know, forming an answer or forming, you know, just some input. That's part of this growth. Anybody else? Alan, you just unmuted. I think that you know our the question about that Junior raised was that sometimes I put in too much force, um, and that that's the the art over time that we that those of us who were around longer have developed over time, and it is a matter of matching and understanding that some people need more force or less force, and you have to have you learn over time the ability to detect what what they need and to be in rapport with the patient is a good word um not just in communi verbal communication but in our physical communications and sensing what what they need at that time to be able to uh put in the right amount of force and often it's much less than our educated brain wants to put in <laughs> we, we we think we have to make noise or we have to do something hard to make it move and in reality there's so many very light force techniques that are remarkable, and that's because often the closer you get to putting in a force that the body that in front of you wants, 
often the less force you need to use, but that takes time to percolate and to sense and you know, learn how to feel for that and, and understand it with the patient in front of you, with the person in front of you at the time. George, I saw you unmuted. Go ahead. Yes, uh, two things. One, maybe the tone we're trying to match with them isn't their diseased tone, but their natural normal tone. Like tap into what their actual tone is and match that so that we're in communication. And then the, we're talking about the amount of force going into the adjustment. But the adjustment is force, but it's intelligence as well. So we can see force is the amplitude of the wave we're putting in, which doesn't have to be really large necessarily if we're putting in the right frequency. So that was my, my two cents. Beautifully said. Thank you. Very nice. Go ahead, Junior. And, and I really like that. Uh, I like that concept a lot. And that's something that's been um, kind of in my mind is that I'm, I'm trying to do the adjustment for them instead of um, putting in the minimal amount of force so that they, their innate can take over and do the adjustment themselves. So uh, it, it's working its process for me. I think I'm doing, I'm thinking that I'm doing a lot more than what I'm responsible for. And I should step back and allow their body to do more of the work. Junior, I think you hit on what I've been really waiting to say is that we don't do the adjustment at all. Nate does adjustment. Their own spirit does the adjustment. The farther I step out of the way and I'm blank and not thinking about what my, really what my hands are doing, allowing life to flow spirit to spirit, then everything is in perfection. And sometimes you might even feel you've added a little more input than you expected, but maybe it was calling for that in the moment. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've just not even touched people and I've seen vertebra move and they said, wow, you didn't even have to touch me. But spirit did that adjustment, their own spirit. And when you're connected spirit to spirit, that's when the real magic actually happens. And the old guys used to talk about this much more. Now we're very technique driven and the techniques have taken over our philosophy in big ways. That means we've lost that level. So if we get back to this and we take our own egos and our own things out of the way, our own self-esteem, I'm a conduit, nothing more. I'm just an educated one that I have to forget my education. And then everything happens in a magical way. That's what I feel chiropractic, where we're going once we get to this level of consciousness again in chiropractic. Anybody else have any input, anything to, to add to that about tone? Alan, I see you unmuted. Yeah, uh, Kev has his hand up, so let him go and then I'll go afterwards. Okay, I don't get everybody, so sometimes you might just have to speak up. Go ahead. I just wanted to mention what the adjuster says. These are the words of Diddy Palmer. He says a tone is a standard from which we note the variations of structure, temperature, tonicity, elasticity, uh, renitency, and tension. It is a standard of health. Any deviation therefrom is disease. Tone is a basic principle, the one from which all other principles which compose the science have sprung. So that's, that's where I was going with the other thought from earlier. Absolutely, absolutely. Anybody else have any insights? So, you know, I'll, I'll go back and say something in reference to what you said and 
the other side of that, another part of that comment is that sometimes uh, as you, the people who have been in practice will probably be able to testify. Sometimes you put in a force and your hands are coming off the patient and you're not even touching them anymore and you'll hear an osseous release, which yeah. will validate for, for it validates that, that concept of the body adjusts, not, not you. That's right. That the person in front of you is doing the adjustment, your hands off and then you hear the audible and you go, wow, <laughs> how cool was that? And I always point that out to the practice member when that happens, say, you know, you know, I wasn't touching you when that actually finished, right? And they go, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give a little insight, then Wade's next. What I asked Pasquale Sarasoli about this once, and I said, very often I feel when I'm at the vertebra to adjust, I feel mine adjusted my spine. Am I done? He said, absolutely. You're done. Don't add any more. And I always thought that I always take taking that to heart. Go ahead, Wade. Yeah, on that, Pat would tell us to use our own spine as a, I don't remember what he said, a, a mirror or uh, an indicator uh, for us in that, you know, that's a kinesthetic, empathic kind of way. But going back to some of the previous dialogue is, is loving and remembering that it's an open dynamic system and that it's nonlinear. And so it doesn't take a big kaboom to get a big kaboom. And so obviously junior, you've probably been around enough people at this point to see a lot of practitioners that are just making the most subtle slight touch and seeing a lot happen within that human being, whether that's movement, whether that's emotion, whether that's healing, et cetera. And the other part that we have been uh, bringing in, we've been taught and now we're paying it forward and bringing it to others is man, if, if, if you are feeling like you got to do this yourself, then uh, that is extremely detrimental to the chiropractor, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that's, I think, why we've seen so many chiropractors who are really hurt and, and, and injured and banged up and out of practice before they even get started because they think they've got to do this. And I know Susan uh, Rossi, when you were there the other night in Atlanta, was saying, oh God, don't do this alone. You know, and as Pat would always ask us, you know, before you even get started, hold your hands out and until you feel that weight on your shoulders and in your hands of your spiritual friends and your guides with you, then uh, maybe you ought to check, check in deeper. So good insight. Go ahead, Alan. I want to go back to the, the vibrational thought that was raised earlier in the G-string, which goes back to... Um, uh, which reminded me just now of uh, what goes on in open adjusting and what you know, uh, uh, a network talks about and what BGI talks about. And uh, having been adjusted that way at times, you can be on a table and the person next to you is getting adjusted and you'll feel something change in your body while you're laying there. Or, you know, I, I have one experience where I was laying there waiting to be adjusted and I could feel something and I said something to the chiropractor and cause I said, you should check this. Cause I'm, it's like ringing a chime over here, <laughs> you know, and it's, but it's, you feel there, there are, so when you're in an open adjusting situation, you, there's that, that resonance between the, the practice members on the tables that are all getting adjusted at the same time. And there's things will happen 
down the line that they need to have happen in that process. Now, I have a question. Do walls, would walls block that vibration? It's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. I, I want to say there, there's probably some, it probably dampens it, but not blocks it, is what my thought, my first thought would be. Anybody else have any insights? Go ahead, George. Yes. Um, besides the, the open air adjusting where, where the patients sort of adjust each other, um, Kevin Jarena, I, and a number of other chiropractors have been for a better part of a year uh, group adjusting people remotely. So there are five to seven doctors at once putting input into a surrogate, which could, well, two weeks ago it amassed to 1.4 million people. So that's powerful having a lot of doctors put force in the patient at the same time as well. Another two cents. Now, can one chiropractor and a group of people, does it take the mass? Our vibrations, what I'm getting at is our vibrations, we're all connected. We all have tone. We're all sharing vibration. There are no walls. There is no distance, right? I've done long distance adjusting and I've had amazing things. We won't get into all that right now, but there is no such thing as a barrier when it's a vibration of the human spirit. Cause we're talking about God energy. We're talking about God in us. That is spirit or innate intelligence. And there is no separation because God's also the walls. That's the way I look at it. Anybody else? Any have any input? Luca, I see my man down there too. Okay. We got Palmer in the house. Wade Port, your hand's up. It's not. You got your little hand up signal there, so I'm going to take that down. There we go. Anybody else have any insights? Josh, Josh go ahead. Has something. Go on. Go on, Dave. Who's going here? Josh Siegel, then. Um, one thing I think about, you know, once it's in the field that we're all connected to, and we truly believe we come from source, then there are no new frequencies, just tap into the spirit. And so, you know, like the four minute mile, once somebody broke it, people all around the world broke it. So we all come from that frequency and that vibration. And so, you know, one thing Pasquale used to say, when we're serving people, we are pure spirit. There is no blockages, no barriers. We're in source. And so it's just allowing us to be that hollow vessel from the inside out and being a conduit. And so I think like you, like many of you said, it's getting out of the head and getting into the heart and just like, let, you know, getting to the matrix and watching the ripple and that pond and that ripple creates everything. And it's not about us. It's about serving that person with pure love and letting the spirit come through and allowing that bone to vibrate because it's not just the bone, it's literally the whole matrix. And it's like, you know, we're in the matrix. It's like, all right, let's just connect to the web the internet, you know, the internet inside each of us. And I think there are no boundaries, only the limitations we put in our heads and our hearts. But if we just truly remove the disconnect and just keep connecting and serving and loving and giving and just, you know, go to, you know, Christ consciousness, you know, the, the vibration, whatever you want to call it, is pure. And that's the ripple that we all come from. So we don't have to make it up. We just have to get out of the way. That's beautiful. Josh Seagull. Wait, Port. Come on. Uh, K, I see you down there. You got your hands up. Uh, yes. So my question is. Hold on. There you go. Is that 
That's Kevin. <laughs> you got to mute his. Okay, good. I don't know if that's going to work, you guys. You're in the same room? Yeah, we are. Hello? If he just turns off his speaker for a moment, it'll be better. Just press mute on the speaker. So I always use the, the analogy that the nerve system is God's internet. When you said that, Josh, it's, it's a thing I used to say years ago, and I've forgotten I used to say it. Thank you for that memory. I appreciate you very much. Anybody else have any insights or anything or would like to add anything? We're talking so, about vibration. My question, my question was, um, can we intuitively um, reach source, tap into source, or is there some kind of inner work that we need to do in order to reach that source so that we can um, express and communicate with others? All right. In, in a uh, concise way, who has some input for, for, uh, for uh, Christian with a K and Kev over there? Go ahead, Bob. Well, <clears throat> when we speak of God, God is male, female. And here we are. I don't know if there's any women, on, any ladies on this call right now. But, got Liz but, right there. Okay, good. So uh, I would say, you know, here's a bunch of guys here with our male uh, egos and our male parts to us and we're not I, I don't mean to generalize but I have to say it the way I believe it we're not the empathetic ones we're not the nurturers by nature until we open up to that other part which is a female part and I think that part of taking care of people as chiropractors although maybe it, it was a profession that should have been practiced by women you know we men are involved in it and I think it does help us open us up to that female part. And so when this young man asked, uh, do we have to do some work? I think what we need to do is, is open up to God because God is not just a man, God is male, female. And when that comes through us is when we become more empathetic and we become more loving, we become more intuitive. That, that's beautiful, Bob. And you know, it's something I need to hear. Absolutely. Coming from that male energy. Absolutely. Go ahead, uh, um, uh, Brian, over there. Yes, to answer that, that young man about um, what you need to do, I just live my life this way. Uh, like Pasquale would always tell us, when you serve people with your pure intentions of the Holy Spirit, God provides all your needs. And when serving someone, just Ask for help, allow to come through, and it's up to that person to take it and do what they want with it. Whatever they do with it, whether they come back once or 50 times or 100 times or for five years, I love them either way. That's it. It's on them to do it. I love that person. And that's all I have to say. Brian, I've got something for you. How long did it take you to get to practice that state, to get to that state, and uh, is it, does it become easier over time? Yeah, it took me like 10 years. But, uh, and then, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years, and then it does. It's like just now I feel like, wow, I really have it. Like every day I realize, boy, I need to really improve on, my, on everything I do. Every day I realize that. And that's humbling. Helping people is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. 
this one lady comes in, she says to me, when you're humble, those around you rise. And we really, by humbly serving people, we allow them to touch God. We allow them to see that God's within them. It's like give, they give themselves permission to move forward. They forgive themselves. Give them, and that's a beautiful thing. So that's it. That whole part right at the end of what Brian just talked about, we help them see God within them and understand more about themselves and their spiritual nature. So for me, just to ride on the back of that for a moment, the more work I do on myself, because I can't change anybody, I can only change myself. And as I grow and I shed this stuff that I've accumulated that dictated who I was, I become more pure myself, which means that person I serve can become more pure as well. I feel that work is everything and everything DD wrote and the chiropractor adjuster in 1910 and most of what BJ, BJ wrote was to clarify the chiropractor so we can all be clear to serve at our absolute best. Wow, good stuff. Anybody else? Go ahead, Joshua Siegel. I'm reading this book now, and it talks about when you heat up gold uh, at a certain degree, it takes out all the impurities. And a diamond is judged by its clarity. And so when we take out the impurities within ourselves, we become clarity. We become more clearer. And so it's like we all have our work to do, whatever our work is. It's kind of like the more we go under pressure, just like we always Pasquale used to talk about, coal under pressure becomes a diamond. But the more we put ourselves under pressure, the more we take out those impurities because we believe we come from sin, then we got to get purer and purer inside. We just keep heating things up and we keep pulling things out. And I think it's a perfect analogy, like iron sharpens iron. The clearer we get, the more, cl the more clarity comes through us and we become, you know, that's why you say forge ahead. You know, forget what you learn, unlearn, and just keep getting more pure and more pure, like Brian said, with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the cleanest way to do it. Beautifully said. Anybody have any insights or want to ask anybody something? Go ahead, Alan. The, the thought is, what is the awareness that sees through your eyes or hears through your ears or smells what you smell? To go back to what we talked about earlier about the senses, what is aware of that? Is it you or is it something else? Because there's nothing, you know, the, the nerves are nerves and the brain is tissue and, and what is the awareness? And, the, and you become, the more you can be in touch with your awareness and it takes time and being open to it and you start to feel something when you're with practice members or in life through whether you meditate or whether you get there through meditation or prayer or prayer as meditation or how you you get a sensation and it, some people feel it through their hands and some feel it in their heart and some feel it in their head and some feel it's other parts of their body but you when you're aware of that to answer the question of how do i get there you have to acknowledge it and say oh that was i had a moment and the more you acknowledge those moments and you acknowledge synchronicity when it happens in your life that that moment of like oh that's not random the those moments become more frequent the more you acknowledge them and see them and feel them 
And that's the learning process that over time allows you to be more aware and more in touch and to have that, to know that you know that you know. Excellent. Uh, Elizabeth Russell, I saw you unmuted. Did you have something to say? Yes, I was thinking about the answer to that gentleman that asked, how do you get more in tune with, uh, you know, giving the adjustment? And sometimes, whether it's the front desk or the patient you just left or where you are in your space, you always try to come back center. And, and before I lay my hands on the patient, I stand over them and I, I say a little mantra myself and I say, Lord, make me a hollow bone so that I can do your work. And I think just being present with the patient for that split second so that you can be that hollow bone and that conduit to, to deliver the thrust so the body can heal itself. I think that's the starting point, at least for me. And as a new practitioner, a new student, you should just get that recenter, whatever words you like to say. And I just say, Lord, make me a hollow bone so that I can do your work. That's what I wanted to share. Well, Elizabeth Russell, I love hearing you and seeing your face. I can't wait to see you in January. And there was a lot of wisdom in that, a great deal of wisdom that I feel I got a lot out of that. And I appreciate it very much. Um, anybody have any insights or any questions or anything to add? Go ahead, Kev. So once you tap into source and once you feel that connection, once you feel the, the right tone that matches the patient's tone, then do you then need a certain level of specificity and listing in order to be as efficient as possible with your adjustment? And I'm asking you guys because, of course, I don't have the, the, the experience on the subject, so I just wanted to know your input or your response to that. And Kevin's second quarter right now at Palmer, I'm going to answer that myself, but does anybody have any input? George, do you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, for, for a lot of years, I, I kind of grappled with the notion, which is more important, intention or technique? And the answer is yes. Beautiful. And the more we get into what we're doing, the less we're thinking about the technique and specificity of whatever Gonstead might have done or what have you, once we, we really know who we are as chiropractors, the less those mechanical things become necessary. Right now, you're creating that in your own physiology and seeing how bones move or the body moves or how you have to move with the body. Um, that becomes less, more of a motor response than it becomes a thought pattern. And you let the wisdom within guide you. And the clearer that you are, just like Elizabeth, uh, like uh, Liz said, when I'm a clear and hollow vessel, God's serving through me, and it is all perfect. You may think one moment I might have to grab some SOT blocks that you haven't used in three years. Why? Because Spirit gave you that message. So that's the long and the short of what my answer would be. Anybody else have any insights? Go ahead, George. Yeah, like a musical uh, analogy or, or a question I ask all artists and musicians. Does, does art come from you or does it come through you? And first you have to, to master the basics. You've got to learn the scales and then music can start to come through you. So master the techniques, get the, get the basics down and it'll, it'll just start to become this other thing. Um, 
I came up with a phrase this morning. Uh, I adjust by ear, like I play trumpet by ear. So, beautiful. And we see with our hands. You know, we can see, we hear, we smell. I mean, I could you almost taste through your fingertips. Anybody else? Anybody have any insights before we're done? Kevin, is you, raise your hand there. When people unmute, it's easier for me to see, but we're on a couple of pages, so I can't. You want to just jump in so you can add in some input. Kev, go no, ahead. I just wanted to talk about the uh, so so what happens to wedging and what happens to uh, listening. So does does that all go away once you get experience, and or, or where does that go? Why why are we learning in the first place? And do you guys not think the mechanistic or some there is a certain level of mechanistic approach to every vitalistic approach? Like vitalism is it's dependent on the mechanistic uh, foundation first. Hey George, I gotta tell you, it's like learning to read. Right now, you're being in second quarter, you're following every word on the page learning to read sounding it out and you should focus in on that you should focus in on your techniques learn every technique because no matter who comes into your office whether you're laying down supine or prone or seated you have to be able to learn to move the bone but eventually when you become good at reading every word eventually you just read the words on the page and that's where you will be when you graduate so yes focus on your technique and ask God to come through you but don't freak out if, if you can't get the bone to move right, realize that you're in the right place at the right time. Absolute wisdom. Go ahead, Alan. The more you, the more technique you know, technique is educated brain, right? That's, you learn the techniques, study the anatomy, and, and every person is different. You learn a spine and you learn, but the closer you can, when you find, but the angles you have to find for an individual are all different. They're not all, it's not the same for every person, but that's something that comes over time to use. And that's when it starts to come through you, but you have to understand the, the mechanics first to then develop to something else. I, I, I about a year ago started learning Tai Chi and I've been studying that and they talk about you got to learn the postures first. It's very mechanical. And then you adapt and learn and start to and it becomes a flow and a meditation over time. And the earliest things I learned have changed, but it's, and that, but that's the way it is with technique and chiropractic. And you have to learn the hard techniques and the soft techniques, and they all have value and they all are, and you may never know which one you're going to need to apply to an individual. Absolutely. Hey, hey, John, are you there? Yep, go ahead. Um, hey, John said a few minutes ago something about my, my fingertips can see. And um, I've been practicing for a couple of days now, and I got to say, when he said that, it, uh, it fired me up because um, I, I know a few people on this, this call tonight who have touched my body, and they've allowed me to know that their intention by socializing with each other is awesome. And something I could say is if you gentlemen and girls on the call, the ones that I know, I already know their heart and their mind, their, their mental 
spiritual connection is commitment to excellence. If you could close your eyes and believe that all 10 tips of your fingers are, are eyes, are your, are your God-given instruments. If any of you gentlemen know how to dance, the best dancing requires no eyesight. It's a, it's a sense, it's a feeling. Uh, the, if any of you gentlemen and girls love the music, it, it, you don't need vision. Just listen to Andrea Bocelli and, and listen to his blinded music. Uh, chiropractic, that tone that uh, when I came on the call, thanks to Dave, Dave uh, Sonoff inviting me on, I, I got, came on when you guys were chatting about tone earlier on and tone is love. It's tone is, is the sex we've had that we've enjoyed. Tone is that, that, that masturbational shift between uh, the beginning, the middle, and the end. And when your fingertips have, when your mental set has that commitment and that, that confidence in believing in that which you were blessed with from birth, the, the, the conversations about our technique become much more profound because if it's a Gonstead move, if it's an ADIO move, it's a, uh, orthogonal move or whatever move it is with a pisiform or a fingertip, what resonates stronger is what's behind it. And that really comes down to what is your commitment, your belief system, your passion, and your willingness to be vulnerable and almost seems silly when we get romantic with the love that we know, have inside of ourselves with chiropractic. And all that could come from those 10 fingertips. Uh, that, that's what came through when, when I listened to Hague and and Liz Russell and the gentleman with the big white beard uh, talking. I'm like, wow, these guys are just fire me up. It's great. Great. Love so it. That's, that's my thoughts. And we love you. And Thank I appreciate you. you. It's 8.59 right now. We have the DE call at 9 o'clock, okay? On December 29th, 9 p.m., I'm going to be on the DE call. I'm excited for that. December 29th. But uh, we try and end this by nine o'clock, so we can. I also listen to the DE call after this one as well. Okay, I invite everybody to jump in on that too. Um, it's been an awesome day. This has been an awesome meeting. I love it that uh, a lot of people are chiming in. Um, you know, we're doing this every Tuesday, same time. And uh, hey, yes, will you tell tell people it's uh, Marilyn Shore is speaking tonight. Will you tell the people that are unfamiliar how they can get onto that call? Uh, the call is, do you have the phone number? No, it's not a, it's, it's not a phone number. It's a, uh, it's not and a phone number anymore. It's, it's, the, it's the DE page. You go to the D dynamic essentials, Facebook page and link right. on from there from the dynamic essentials, Facebook page. Okay. Um, I forget. It's not, you know, uh, I, it's not the call in one. It's the, it's the, the zoom one or whatever it is through Facebook. Okay. Thank you for that, David. Anybody else? Wait, I'm muting you. <laughs> hey guys, this is really good. We're going to continue with DD Palmer's 1914. Once we get through this, we're going to be doing 1910, the chiropractor's adjuster. We've got a long way to go. A lot of philosophy, a lot of spirituality and a lot of service to do. All right. 
God bless you all. I love you, and I appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. And invite your friends, right? Thank you, Hank, baby. All right. Come back to Yes. Love you guys. Oh. Hi, Rose. We love you, Hank. Hey, love you too, Liz. Razzle dazzle.